0: I really, it's, it's, we have such good chats before we record these days, Chris, now that we're recording remotely, like you're in Melbourne and I'm in Canberra, um, we get on the phone and we we were just chatting for nearly two hours before we started recording. Um, I really think that, uh, our listeners are getting the inferior, um, bit of the conversation, uh, having it be so, you know, st- st- like stuck to the brief of rank ideas when they could be hearing us just freewheeling all over the place, asking about what we did this week. And then we say what we did that week. Ugh.
1: Yeah. I, I think that like, what's surprising about that? Like, why should, why should the listeners who are you know paying nothing, um, and have the chance to skip through, uh, our conversations? Why should they get the benefit of the high grade premium stuff that we get one on one, which like when we have to endure each other.
0: Other podcasts do the thing where they have like their bonus content is just. I've noticed the the free bit is just whatever the podcast is about. Is there like scripted, produced, or at least somewhat structured um, vibe? And then you know uh, they're tra- trading on the parasocial relationships at the heart of modern podcasting. Um, they the premium bonus you pay for is just them having a looser chat about whatever i wonder yeah i wonder if we have any listeners who've reached a level of parasocial attachment to us that they would that that's how their value system would work now that they'd be like hungry for that interior that more interior time with us or is this the cut listeners is this the type of podcast where you're just strip mining it for the basic information for the statistical exactitude of our ranking and <laughs> you could care less about our selfhoods um I, I'm equally happy with either, but it'd be interesting. Let us know. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you can, um, if it turns out that you're in two camps, then we'll, uh, think of ways that we can play you off against each other, um, in the future as we lead up, lead up to our hundredth episode, not too far from the hundredth episode. So, you know, we need, we need gimmicks. Um, so, uh, I had something um, that I thought could be good, that I've been w- probably wanted... To, it's one of the ones i wanted to do for all, from the start. It's been in my head since the start of the podcast. And uh, I've become... And, and again, even though I've had that thought for a while, I really... It feels pretty buck wild in terms of where it'll end up on the list. Um, it's, pre- it's a very me idea, Chris, and it's, you know, it's um, maybe a little bit uh, conceptual. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to rank analogies, like literally the use, like analogy is a way to reason and think. Um, And um, I've been, you know, you see it a lot around the place, but did you have a different idea of what you want to, want to do? Because there's plenty of room for twists or turns, um, exciting uh, reversals of fortune here in the opening teaser.
1: Yeah. And I'd like to prove that that uh, was the case by, um, by, introducing such a, 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 a twist. But, uh, I, you know, I'm the suggestible type, Nick. I, I, I love it. Let's do it. If it's important to you, it's important to me. Thanks, Chris. Didn't sound sincere. banging through the ether like a giant emotion. There's
0: lotion, there's lotion. Sometimes commotion, sometimes of commotion. Rank ideal.
1: Welcome everyone to the Rank Ideas Podcast, the greatest podcast in the world where Nick DeLadovic and myself, Chris Endry, are on a quest to rank every human idea on an ever-expanding list in order from best to worst. It's currently perfect. Um, you can check it out uh, on our Twitter or our Instagram and uh, or Facebook even. Anywhere anywhere that uh, you, you uh, spend more of your time than you would like, that's where the Rank Ideas Podcast also can be found. Um, and today we're going to uh, furnish the list with a, a, another feather in uh, its befeathered hat uh, with a ranking of analogy.
0: With another uh, cable tie in the uh, magpie-proof helmet of ideas that uh, we're putting here together. Um, I am going to define analogies, I guess. It's uh, a form of... um, but at at its most minimal usage, it's a form of description, um, or it's a f- form of uh, persuasive argument. At its ex- at the other extreme, um, that's uh, that comprises of comparing things to other things, other situa- situations to other situations, um, thought processes to other thought processes. Um, it's a yeah. It's about it's you know. I feel like we all have a basic instinct for it, even if you happen to have never heard the uh, the term or the word. Um, you have been in a situation of having someone argue with you or arguing with someone by being like, well, if you, um, yes, if, uh, you were a muskrat and I was a broadbean, uh, you wouldn't be uh, behaving this way. Um, and yeah, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of it, what we think is good about it, bad about it. And, uh, then we're going to rank it, uh, on the list against all the existing human ideas. Firstly, though, did I miss anything important? In the uh, definining of the idea, Chris.
1: No, it sounds good. I think it's important to add to maybe just a bit of a, a demarcation between the co- f- for our conversation between analogy and and metaphor slash simile, um, because we're not just looking at uh, the the case of um, finding. Poetic ways of describing something, or you know, finding illustrative ways of describing things. There's, there's also a little bit of a, um, as you said, it's that you know, at one end, it's it it, it's, it, it, is, it exists on that um, that uh, spectrum where you know it it's it can be used to, to for the purpose of argument or um, yeah, from illustri- anyway from illustration to argument. But it's it's you're trying to you're trying to not capture the essence in a way that's um, evocative, as in uh, merely. Evocative through imagery, but uh, but evocative through um, it, the the very structure and and logic and rationing and design of whatever it is that you're making an analogy of. Is that is that is that fair?
0: Yeah, I th- I think yeah, I think what you're saying suggest- is that yeah, the persuasive communication aspect is is actually fundamental to it to what is uniquely analogy as opposed to comparison or yeah cuz metaphor and simile um are closely related devices overlapping devices where you're um evoking something you're you're describing something by evoking something entirely other but um yeah th- analogy yeah the purpose of analogy the implied purpose of analogy and the effort of analogy is much more about um if 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 not argument then at least persuasive communication you're trying to do you're trying to make people think about something in a way that you want them to think about it. It, it um, feels inherently an
1: assertion because I feel like metaphor similarly you're also sharing yeah. something, you know, like, uh, all oh, that feeling was as, as a rose, was as a rose to me. Um, you know, it, it, it was so, it just, it just fit, smelled good and it was beautiful, but you know, that's not, you know, and maybe you're describing your friendship as, as, as a rose, but with an analogy, um, there's, there's more of this. It's, it's not just an invitation to see how you feel about something. Or, or if it is it's like it, there's a declaration point like th- no, these things are you know there's an equivalent there's an equivalency here where it whereas you wouldn't say yeah. well no my friendship is actually like a rose <laughs> you know it should be to you as well I yeah, yeah, yeah. understand
0: <laughs> no an analogy would be more like um if you're using rose roses as an analogy for a relationship it would be more it wouldn't be like oh my my relationship is as fair as a r- rose it would be like um It would would be more like, well, if you were trying to keep a rose alive, you would you would uh, tend it carefully and uh, get as much information about what its needs were and uh, meet them in a consistent day in and day out way. Um, So, uh, surely, you know, uh, surely you should treat a relationship in the same way. And you can say these things to
1: me in the pre-recorded chat. You don't need to (laughs) passively do it in front of everyone.
0: Does, this is this is the – if you thought that I was bringing uh, – that I wanted to do an allergy like, for any reason other than to passive-aggressively uh, address a lot of things about our co-hosting and friend relationship, then <laughs> then you were wrong. Um, this is the, so uh, weird. I just
1: noticed the podcast
0: actually doesn't get distributed anywhere except for to my phone. <laughs> is that right, Chris? <laughs> Notice how high friendship is? It's pretty wild considering you definitely don't listen to the podcast episodes. So, that would be the – yeah, that would be the most um, – that would be the least useful place to put it. Um, that's not true. The l- least useful place to put it would be into some mud. But the reason—the reason, the reason uh, this is an interesting idea to me—is um, it's uh, I'm heavily implicated in it. Like a lot of the ideas we've ranked recently, as in, I use analogies all the time, um, and fancy myself at least decent at the use of them. And then I constantly, um, in in observing how they are used, I constantly wonder about whether they are in fact any good at all or if they are in fact straight garbage and um it's uh yeah we'll we'll see um i've definitely um all of us i mean all of us have seen uh obvious examples of like dumb use of analogy um you know people uh jumping straight you know you godwin's law type things where like any uh any slight encroachment encroachment on civil liberties uh civil liberties or things that are perceived to be that way will be compared to um, the early days of uh, totalitarianist governments. but yeah, yeah I think all of us still every single one of us I say listening on it or talking at the moment uh, has moments of seeing people use analogies where they go, oh that is so smart yes, that is it, that is great. And and that includes me. Like there are plenty of analogies that get shared to me where I'm like, oh, that's such a spot on comparison. Oh, that's really unveiled a truth there. And I wonder if that's actually ever true, or if just the absolute fundamental nature of the fact that you are (laughs) comparing something to something else, which is different, if you are just if the thing that you're comparing it to is different from the thing that you're talking about, which is a necessary feature of analogy, means that there is a phase shift of reason, or a clouding, or an obfuscation of reason that is um, more cost-laden than it has benefits um, immediate thoughts Chris entry yeah
1: I guess I'm in a similar position where I don't I I, I simultaneously hold the the perspective that they're really useful because um, it it's it's a it's a sort of sonar that gives you an indication of like your, you know I, I'm able to communicate this in it in terms that can meet you um, in somewhere parallel to your existing beliefs so this is why the 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 Godwin's law of Um, arguments will eventually invoke, uh, Nazism and Hitler, um, uh, so, um, such tediously true as, as an observation, because, you know, what's, what's a universal thing. You know, we all agree Nazism and Hitler were bad to get you around to my point. I will eventually illustrate how, what was it, you know, a whole society with lots of different elements. It happened to correlate with the thing that I'm talking about in the same way, you know, or, you know, who else vaccinated it had compulsory vaccination? Yeah. The, the Nazis, or you know, like whatever. Um, the, the, it take it's, it's onerous because it takes you away from measuring the relative merits of what it is that you're talking about. But I think, I think that's not about analogy. The tool that's about how insufferable we are as um, communicators and thinkers, um, and then it becomes a difficult question of like, well, okay, is there something in the feature of using analogy that is inherently bad? Cause I I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, because like, sorry, I, this is what I mean about simultaneous positions. I, I simultaneously agree that analogy is inevitably a, um, because you're making a, a, an equivalence a, a, that's reductive in some sense. You're not going to be able to exhaustively, if you're, if you're able to exhaustively communicate how the situation you're in was identical to the one that you're, that to which it is analogous then you would just communicate the situation that you're describing um you could perfectly Yeah communicate if you, that. if you
0: already had the persuasive tools combined in yeah yeah but and so so
1: it does it does uh, it, it is inherently reductive and will remove from the reality of the situation you're explaining that is as discussed with the story episode and with plenty of other uh ideas that we talk about that is an inescapable feature of um human cognition and society and i think that having uh, the capacity to navigate that even even imperfectly um imp- imperfectly what's in- imperfectly um with analogy we're not, I,
0: I think i think we're it, not wrecking emphasis
1: yeah, yeah i i think it provides the um the capacity to to mutually navigate paths to understanding in a in a way that if you didn't have it would not be as as effective or accessible because i think i think when you can evoke a shared experience around something um, then you can create the paths to the sympathetic paths to reduce the barriers to things that you previously may have um, just missed out of hand uh, because you can see how it is analogous to something that is is concordant with your values and I guess the, the question then is like well if if we're if we're happy to look at that as a good thing, like, is that, is that the type of thing that, that just would simply not be needed in a, in a version of society that didn't have, um, that had better ways to, to exchange knowledge and didn't have, um, the sort of the worst forms that we, that, 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 that do characterize a lot of, um, the things down the bottom of our list. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 am I'm instinctively thinking it's, it's, it's pretty good and really important, but, um, but that, that, uh, yeah it's the rat on which a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of fleas live and and spread a lot of horrible things
0: it is a story form uh you're right and those who have listened to our if you go and listen to our story episode which is one of our earlier episodes um we spent most of the episode talking about the ills of story the the shortcomings the garbageness of it the fact that every bad human idea that's ever been disseminated at scale was done so through a story and we still ended up putting it um right at the top of the list i think it's still in the top 5 at the moment and um that's because uh what chris was just saying is that it is you know it's it's as such an essential delivery system for human communication and there's story also has the max maximal potential on a ranked list of ideas to be the best version of itself via downvoting all of the things that create the most insidious versions of itself. And so I guess one thing to look at is, is analogy a potentially neutral story form that can similarly be, um, protected under a high version of a list by having all the toxic ideas that might infect it downvoted under, or is it one of the, um, toxic story forms that needs to be downvoted, um, itself the looking taking a step back from the qualitative and just looking at w- unpacking more what it is i mean you in, in a way all stories um are, you know because they're constructions what you're doing when you create a story is you're building a little environment um, and you're doing it through acts of deliberate or default editing you're including aspects of reality um your imagination is the human imagination is still made up of things that you've observed or learned about, uh, in the world. Um, so uh, to make a story is to include a bunch of that and then to not include a bunch of the rest. Um, and analogies are a micro, are a microcosm, a hyper-focused version of that. You're building a little game preserve, uh, that is the analogy where there are relevant, (laughs) where there, there are facts and there are facts of, uh, the world like phenomenon in the world that you want to include because you think the comparison will be compelling or you think it is insightful. And then there's a bunch of other things you're going to edit out because they're either you, you judge it as unnecessary detail and it might be unnecessary just because you don't, it's there's enough shorthand around the basic thing that you're including for it, for it to be fairly rigorous or you're including it because it would undermine you're disincluding it because it would actually undermine or complicate your point. Um, so either way, it's a it's a you're putting an edited micro reality together. Any story is that, and analogies are just that. So I mean, on the on that basis, that that, that doesn't make it sound any worse than stories per se. Um, to me, again, like looking at specific examples, I mean, so you know, if I think of a relatively kind of low stakes, but still kind of telling example of, um, a, like a like a junky analogy like a bad analogy um or or analogy that seems to be so i thought what you said before was useful chris about the potential to you you were circling around the idea of the potential for um analogy as a way to include a bunch of people in the same persuasive thought versus but there's there's also the version the bad versions of analogy seem to be about just trying to do just trying to debate in a point scoring make the other side look stupid way. And I mean, debate is currently one of our lowest rank ideas. Like we judge that to be, um, this, a a type of argument form that, uh, the universe would be better off without. And, um, we, uh, yep. Uh, go and, go and listen to our episode about that. Um, for more of our take on that, but yeah, the, a large, that, that sense of, um, uh, hostile engagement when either party is, is disinclined to change their mind and inclined to want to present as the victor above all costs like i feel like the worst versions of analogies are like that like i think about being on you know when i'm on uh you know particularly crappy nerd comment sections about you know um inclusive casting in sci-fi films and um you know someone will complain about a Pre- a, a character who was, uh, white in the source material being cast, um, with a non white actor and we'll jump on and do the thing, you know, and y- use that hoary version, hoary old version of analogy where they'll be like, Oh, well, if you took a, if, if you, uh, imagine if, um, you had a POC character and they were recast to be a white character, you know, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, people be up in arms then, which, you know, to them, Clearly, the person is either either saying it in bad faith or they think it's a good analogy because they're like, well, you know, it's the it's it's the exact same situation of um, a casting being different from the source material. Um, while of and obviously the things that they're editing out of the reality from that um, are fairly obviously things that would there are a lot of obvious things that would completely undermine that analogy in terms of like the <laughs> you know wh- whatever you think of um their of representation policies in. Uh, sci-fi movie casting and how they're executed—they um, are done in a context of long of uh, long-term racial inequality and toxic power dynamics that have flowed in a very specific way, at least in the at least in the specific uh, zones where things are trying to be redressed. So,
1: but um, I also I also don't think the, that the uh, use of that analogy is like the own like if you remove the capacity to express that with analogy, I don't feel like you get a better discourse i feel like it's even worse in a sense because me as an onlooker i'm like oh you think like this is important to you because you value a whole bunch of things that are just to me really dumb like like in that particular instance like you know like i don't care about um you know i'm not wedded to the um the ethnicity of like the presented ethnicity of someone who is made up from a made up world. Like if you, if someone wants to reconstruct that in a way that suits them, I don't care at all. Like, great. Good for them. Especially if there's, if there's a broader, you know, context that I don't understand um, and and value for the people who get utility from this in the first place. Like, but that, but, but from the outside, um, like I feel like there are a lot of um, like the, the, the fact that people are using analogies at all doesn't mean like, that everyone will be instantly persuaded by a bad analogy. Um, I, I feel like um, the the real risk is if if you want to examine that element of it is is where you said um, you know uh, that uh, you know people that see that and disagree with it will disagree with it more, and people who see it and agree with it will t- pick will pick up that analogy and 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 carry it on and throw it out through the discourse. I feel like the risk is in a really well constructed analogy that that doesn't have an exhaustive truth which of course it can't um and and is um and is compelling for it and i think that the big ones for those are normally normally so anchored with fairness that um that by seeing that by seeing such analogies and if you're in a world where you're like you know yeah but i don't i don't i don't inherently think that things are fair or can be um then then you can see those analogies and you know they're defanged if i think of the, the biggest ones the, in terms of the impact That's that they have on people's life.
0: That's such a good point. That idea, yes. Yeah, so again, fairness, one of the ideas we have very low ranked on the list. Um uh go check out the great episode where we uh dunk on that. And yeah, I think it's a really that feels pretty on point to me, the idea that a lot of the worst lawyer like like sort of weasley, lawyery, bad faith type of analogies, or just 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 um analogies that just feel like they're missing a lot of obvious truths um seem to be uh just trying to use a really reductive fairness mechanic like where there's just where there's a buy-in to the idea of fairness that is the only way that someone could even think that it was a good analogy um so that does i think that's pretty compelling on a list where fairness is already quite low analogy could be a much more at least a much more neutral version of itself and um I think it's also a good point that yes the the worst uses of analogies that you see don't seem to be um necessarily moving the needle that much in the discourse as in in when I go into when I see conversations where people are using crappy analogies people end up basically in the same corners that they already were because because of how divisively the fact that they're formulated so divisively and and in that debate style posture they're just putting at worst they're putting further momentum into the wheel of the, of polarization that was already there, which is bad, but it's not, yeah, like people, yeah, people aren't, new people aren't being persuaded by the crap analogy, but I uh, hopefully not.
1: What about an International Men's Day? Like you know, like like that sort of stuff. I, 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 sure, you know, th- there's an analogy, like, oh well, you know, this this if and you know, putting aside the fact that I, th- I think there is an International Men's Day, um, and that you know, what it, like whatever, not wading into that actual discussion, the content, but just like I don't feel like people see that and are like transformed, um, by it by it alone. Like I I think that um,
0: it's appealing if there's already something in their architecture that's like if it's appealing to their confirmation bias if it's appealing yeah. at all
1: yeah and and um and I think that uh like on the other hand uh, um I think we should talk about um more about the utility of it because you said it's something you use a lot it's, it's also something it's also something that I'm driven to a lot because I think that there's a wrangling with it's it's like a way to calibrate your um as I said sort of in the response to the definition like like the 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 values and um, and and uh, it it kind of opens up an imagination space for mine like because I I, f- I feel like you know a lot, both of us obviously spend a lot of time in the imagination space and um and uh, you know one of the one of the big things that you can lament about your existing life and society when you do that is that um, you can see how drastically different certain things could easily be um, and but not everybody has an equivalent uh, imagination zone and you need to construct paths to new um, to things that are unfamiliar and alien with things that are familiar and, and safe to, to illustrate that they, that, that other things might also be safe, that that, that could be radically different um, or could also mm. be edifying. And, and I think um, I wouldn't want to live a life where I couldn't do that with analogy because it's, it's um, I don't think it's, inherently harmfully compelling i think there's something where people can take the things that resonate and don't resonate like we can trust people to um you know uh like nobody's adopting 100% wholesale what any other person says anyway or hopefully um and so
0: there are people who are trying to but even then it's it's hard to actually even for it's hard to actually do.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and even those people who are trying, yeah, like as we talked about in cults, it's not so easy to start a cult. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you need to resonate yes. to something that's real, at least for these people. Um, and it's, it probably says more about the, you know, what's, what, what are the elements that are real in people's lives that they do um, resonate. Uh, and, and I think, I think so too with analogy and in, in a way, in a, in a society where you, in, in a world where you structure, um, things, uh, you know, when, when we take our um, our grievances and nail them to the church door of, I don't know, the UN headquarters or whatever and, and they're all adopted, I think that um, analogy is going to be, uh, yeah, a significantly defanged but also um, a really a nice way to be able to have ex- the kind of exchanges and, um, uh, and sharing of ideas that I think really makes – life good and, 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 and individual life good and, and, you know, society enriching, etc etc etc. I didn't really draw enough of a line <laughs> there though. So if you want to, um, if you, I'd like to hear your own thoughts. But
0: I do. I mean, the, a thing that I, um, enjoy attempting to use it for, because there's the idea of drawing analogies to things, um, as it, you know, as I think that, that idea, um, what you were talking about, about, being able to get to talk about spicy topics by connecting to things in life that feel safer and more grounded for people like, um, that feels, um, practically useful. And then also sometimes, um, there's a sense of being able to like project into the future a little bit while using the analogy of the present. I mean, in the same kind of the reverse, the fact in the same way that like every sci-fi film is actually an, an analogy for whatever was happening in the exact year it came out. Um, every sci-fi story the um there you can also kind of do the reverse whereas i mean a particularly obnoxious thing i'll do in the specific zone of life where i live where you know like a lot of a lot of friends that i'm talking to about their re- where i'm I, I have a lot of relationship chats with a lot of my friends and a lot of my friends are in like queer progressive relationships and they'll be having, um you know, either, either lower or higher stakes issues. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the issues can be quite the issues of, um, misalignment or mistreatment, even abuse in those relationships can be real. And, uh, the relative, the fact that, um, the scripts of their facile stacked identities don't, um, don't connect to ideas of, um, how they outwardly present, um, the you know, the fact that there just isn't as much built up script, script for relationships in certain populations as the ones that have been depicted in media for dec- for generations. Um, sometimes I'll just do the, the cheap thing of being like, uh, look, imagine that you were <laughs> imagine that you were a con- conventional heterosexual couple and you or the other person was the dude quote-unquote and the other person was the woman how do you think this behavior this behavior would be perceived like uh i put it to you that this behavior would be abs- if it was just a if you were looking at a couple that where there was just a quote-unquote ordinary guy in this couple and they were behaving that way, you would be appalled and uh, contemptuous of that behavior. And just because in this case, it's a woman doing it to another woman that like I put it to you that it's still, um, the behavior is abusive or at least not up to scratch. And that's, um, you know, uh, in that case, analogy is being, I'm attempting to use it to push an idea into the discourse that is, feels like it's about a generation away from being accepted in the discourse, but where the analogy first and foremost, the analogy has allowed me to recognize it that way in the first place. And again, I could be wrong at any given time. The analogy could be making me think about it in too reductive or dumb a way. Like it's hard to say. But But I um, think
1: I think in which case, you know, we can trust that there's a there's you know, there's an ongoing discourse and dialogue like between people and, and between oneself with with information that you get that allows you to to, to take what's useful and to deconstruct and to dismiss what isn't and you know that'll that you'll be wrong in that assessment and you'll like that's an ongoing thing regardless of who you are and where you are in your life and what what you're considering like that's 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 inescapable and i think that's like that's that's the risk that is that analogy can hack that in a way that um that uh that leans too heavily on the scales of of the irreality but i just don't think that it's so like the most compelling analogy in the world if it's if it's if it's baseless, it's so it's not going to be compelling. And if it, and if the if the base of it is disproportionately compelling and harmful, like that's why we have the list. Like sorry, that like that's that is absolutely why. Um, you know, we could take an analogy of like, well, you know what was um, um, I don't know, just 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 think of any major social argument that you've seen go awry in the past. You, you know, that was that was for ill. If you if you're able to de if you if you don't hold the same values as the people who are positing and receiving that analogy, it's not going to resonate with you. Um, and I think that, um, like in this instance, if you felt like like you're in this conversation with this this person who I don't know if it's hypothetical or real, but um, saying you know, it, 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 imagine if this was the dude doing this to you. If if you hadn't had like, you wouldn't have picked up the tool of that an- analogy if you were in an instance where. The, the actual mecha- literal mechanics of the situation that was being experienced was understood in a way that could be classified as unacceptable. Like, you know, it's not just like, well, do you want to be screamed at every day? I don't, and I don't think that that's kind and, you know, that could be considered abuse. That's that's already not, um, you know, being, cons- uh, like, as I said, I don't know anything about the situation or if it's, this is even it, but hypothetically, if that's a situation and then you're picking up the tool being like, well, you know what, if, if you know, if you picture it could, if you picture what we know and, and has been modelled and communicated as, as X, then we know that this is Y um, and would and do you accept Y? No. And, like, the, the as you said, the danger is the shorthand. You could be wrong the other person could be wrong and, and it could be no good. But, like, we're going to be wrong and we're going to be no good in any number of things. And I think the, the benefit of being able to have a tool to, um, you know, m- more tools the better, I think, for being able to um, examine and, and navigate things uh you know this is this is difficult because you know we we do downvote certain tools for exploration because inherently they are they don't offer the transformative paths that that they claim to um and they're inhibitive but i I don't think that i I, I don't see the evidence that this is one of them
0: I am um, that's all so pretty that all scans to me and I mean the idea of um, what you're pointing out rightly is that in that situation I'm using I'm I'm pivoting to analogy in the space in the in the face of feeling like without it there is going to still be like an extreme level of resistance to the point that I might otherwise be blankly making because there isn't and because there is a a lack of narrative architecture or even worse, a surfeit of other narrative architecture, which is making it hard, which is getting in the way of someone seeing what could be a simpler fact of their situation. Um, and the analogy is giving me a way to, um, push into, yeah, to, to overlay, you know, to, to put in something that is, uh, uh, that can rival the potency of whatever narrative intuitions are restricting them or affecting them in the space.
1: I think that's the essence of why I like it. Cause it, and, and also why we are aware of it as well, because it, it it boils down, right? So it can boil down, it can boil down the real narrative, like the the narratives that would be valued valuable to understand and contextualize a situation, or it can boil down the um, proclivity that we have to, um, to find ourselves in narratives that are, not of our own reception, choosing or deconstruction.
0: Yeah. And I like, and I, you know, coming back to, because I think basically the reason I was leery of it is because it's clearly a sexy idea. Uh, as in, if the idea exists, it's going to propagate wildly. It's good. The uptake on it's going to be massive and other ideas that we've judged as a mix of sexy and kind of bad we've, voted lower than just their badness accounts for because we've, because of this sense of it's of their inevitably virulent impact stuff like fashion or debate again, and, um, revolution ideas like that. So, um, but this one, feels this one feels as virulent as any of those, but I'm feeling more comfortable about it's being much lesser collection of definite harms and, um, more just, yeah, a sense of having, having utility, um, Again, and in a, and by that, I definitely mean. Uh, I want to be careful of saying that I feel like the thing that protects his utility is downvoting all the right ideas, and on a list where we already have um, debate and fairness uh, in our bottom ten, um, then that's if things feel on the right, good and evil. Exactly, like all of the all of the um, bad faith, disingenuous most, most reductive things that would be, uh, building into your analogy. We're kind of voting out of, we're voting out of the equation. So it allows it to be, I mean, the thing that you said right at the top, the idea of it as a way to do inclusive communication, to get people to have a sense of togetherness around an analogy that everyone can relate to and buy into. That's quite a lovely idea. Um, and I think yeah, this, this there's a sense of putting it in the right spot on the list. It's easy to imagine that as the as closer to the default outcome of it. Um, are there any any other thoughts before we have a look at said list?
1: No, let's go. I, I instinctively am like, well, it's going it's obviously below story and all the things that. Um...
0: It doesn't have the um, absolute vitalness like of a lot of the of, of anything in the top. 25 to me. Yeah, like and in I terms was going to say maybe
1: above hyperbole. That was
0: my... Other. I was... I feel hyperbole is the absolute, um, thing I was going to compare it to because hyperbole, which I'm super warm on, um, just the idea of, yep, exaggerating things is really good. So that's, that's around 30. It's, that's currently number 37. Um, and, uh... Yeah, above that is pragmatism, which I think, yeah, it's definitely it's under that. Um, Pragmatism was we only ranked a few episodes ago, so I feel like we've got um, the the yeah. uh, Go again, go back and listen for our uh, defense of that. But in general, I think yeah, just as a yeah, both pragmatism and hyperbole are both like you know quite comparable ideas in terms of how they're being used in the utility. Pragmatism feels better if it's um if it's better than hyperbole then it's also better than taxes so i'll just i'll just do a bunch of ideas under hyperbole and you tell me if any of them give any of them give you pause so going down from hyperbole we've got taxes acting academia psychology harm the idea of harm pets gyms pornography e-sports mail anniversaries jobs cruises and then cheating is where we get into the more cost-laden ideas. I, I, I feel think like
1: I think, I, like, hearing down that list, I'm like, yes, I feel like you're better able to navigate forms of all of those with analogy. Um, then the question is, like, you know, I know we're both very warm on hyperbole. Do we actually think it's a, above hyperbole?
0: This to me, yeah, I almost um, – we were really two heads. I'd already – I'd zeroed straight into hyperbole on the list, and I'd been like, oh, maybe it's just literally about whether it's better or not – better or worse – um, we're just getting very practiced at perfectly accurate rankings, everyone. But, um, yeah, so look, um, obviously hyperbole, hyperbole, I'm instinctively warmer on just cause I personally love using it so much. I mean, I love using analogies as more, but man, I love exaggerating for effect. Um, so the benefits, uh, of hyperbole, obviously there's just the expressive, capacity um relative to things like jokes where it's just about you know there's just an absolute enjoyment of the human condition that comes through hyperbole there's a way it's similar to analogy in that you're almost maybe it's even stronger like you are mismapping reality when you use hyperbole like analogy if i think that real like analogy is reductive hyperbole isn't even reductive it's just inaccurate you're using deliberate inaccuracy and i think um For me, I'm going to be protecting accuracy and related ideas so high on the list. um, So much, I like the idea of having a little bit of weaponized inaccuracy in there um, in a nice, benign way, which to me is is hyperbole can be that. Um, But yeah, it's it's less of a tool. It's a tool of emphasis. It's a tool of persuasive communication, but it's less a tool of reasoning. You know, like it's not a reason. Like you're not using it to like analogies you can do to yourself hyperbole and and it can be quite useful. Hyperbole I think is great to use outwardly but maybe not as good to do to yourself <laughs> if that makes sense that's just a yeah
1: I think finding things analogous is something that I constantly do in my assessments of things that helps me navigate them and that's but it's of course not a perfect craft for achieving the outcomes but I, I do find it's a, a you know in a world of limited energy it, it can be a good one. For navigating things and continuously wielding that gets, I feel like lets you sift through more and more um, of your own bad ideas. Like it, it, it's it's like a it's like panning for gold, but like with holes in your pan or something like that. You know, like over time, you know, like, yeah. you, you know, you you get you, you're missing a lot, but you're also catching some big stuff. I don't know. I I, it's, it, for, for, I feel like I get more utility out of it. Analogy, and I, I I get intrinsic joy from it as well, enjoyment of it as well.
0: I do too. And that's why I mean, obviously I that's why I like that's why I'm pretty set on having pragmatism over the top of it is yep. seems completely accurate because then you then you have to frame thing you have to frame analogy in terms of outcomes, which is not the only reason for analogy, but I think having a sense of practical outcomes in your mind while you're constructing your analogies, um, certainly in your own mind is good, but definitely if you're then going to be doing using analogies in communication with others, you see so that, many rec- yeah.
1: like lazily constructed and then recklessly wielded analogies, and that that's that's your harm recipe. Yeah.
0: So I think yeah, just having a sense of practical outcome based on historical precedent and observation um, is really useful. Um, but yeah, but everything else you said, I think above hyperbole um, is uh, is definitely right and. Is a great place for it to end up. The new number 37 that's a pretty good showing in what is an increasingly top heavy lift. We have inc- we have some incredible ideas in the top 37. Um, I'd you know, we have uh, cause and effect, sport, hanging out, um, lore, art like, no shame being under it, self awareness, generosity, no, sh- no, no shame being under that type of stuff.
1: We're going to start ranking yeah. some bad ideas like, um, using too much coconut oil in baking things.
0: that could be yeah like please listeners send us if you can think of something worse than that good luck but uh please send us some some uh ideas that will aim at the bottom of the list current current bottom idea is ideology can you do worse than that other ideas in the bottom 10 at the moment asceticism rights cool faith fulfillment morality natural god what a scow can you get what can you uh yeah what can you give to us to get on this on the scow um In the meantime, um, another great time to spend with you, the listeners, Chris and Nick, we've also been here and, um, yeah, I started a Twitter account for Rank Ideas mostly because I got thrown out of my own Twitter account for some reason. So it was easier to just start a new one and I was like, oh, let's make it a Rank Ideas one. So, um, follow us on Twitter, um, Rank Ideas, and, uh, you can suggest, uh, subjects there the same way that you've done on the Facebook, the same way that you're able to also able to also do be on our Instagram page when it, uh, comes up. Yeah. On the Instagram, we're going to be, yeah. And I mean, you know, keep, le- uh, let us know what extremely niche, um, uh, you know, politically problematic, uh, social media platforms you want to see rank ideas on in the near future. And we'll, uh, we'll take care of it straight away. Um, otherwise I we see. love you. <laughs> Um, analogy book, just, just a, just a social media platform where you can only communicate through bad analogies. Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You write it or exists. We're on there. We love you all. I love you, Chris. And you we'll me. catch you next time on Rank Ideas.